Today, we're going to talk about how you can take your skills and passions and use them to support the animal rights movement. Whether you know how to develop beautiful websites, take photos, make videos, or maybe you know a second language, there is definitely a place for you to use those skills to actually support the movement and ultimately help animals. And hopefully, that's what we're going to be able to show you here today on this podcast. And I say we because I have a guest today for the first time. This is very exciting. And my guest is my good friend, David, who took his skill of being a web developer and using that to support multiple well-renowned global animal rights organizations such as the Save Movement, Meet the Victims, and Animal Rebellion. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. We had a ton of fun recording it. So sit back, enjoy, and we'll see you inside. Yo, 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 welcome back to the Animal Advocate Podcast. I'm Ryuji, your host, and this is a show about the social aspect of navigating the world as a vegan and how to be an effective advocate for animals. Now today, this is very exciting. We got our first show with a guest who is my good friend, David. David, say hello. Hi. (laughs) And so a bunch of you probably are wondering right now, who is this David, this random Joe Schmo that I don't know about? What did he do? Well, (laughs) let me tell you. David is an awesome friend of mine, first of all, but he's a web developer. And what he's done is he's taken his skills of being a web developer and he's put them to use in the animal rights space, in the movement, such that he has personally helped me build my website, which is right now trash, but we're going to renovate it. So <laughs> we'll, we'll get there. Oh, no. but, but more impressively, and it's my fault because I actually designed it. But more impressively, he has worked with big organizations that you probably know about, such as the Safe Movement, Meet the Victims, and Animal Rebellion. He is the founder of the Vegan Hacktivists, which is a collective of about 50 volunteers, give or take, that you know people rotate in and out, but it's about 50 people who work on web-based projects for the animal rights movement. And he's built projects such as Five Minutes, Five Vegans, which is an awesome thing that maybe we can talk about at some point. And their flagship project is the Vegan Boot Camp, which is essentially a free course that supports people in transitioning into a vegan lifestyle easily and smoothly. So welcome to the show, David. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. This is exciting. It's my first podcast. I'm a little nervous, but it'll be okay. I think one thing that I wanted to tell people actually is I want to tell a little story, okay? So I want to tell a story of <laughs> <laughs> I want to tell a story of why David is on the show. And yeah, so what why, happened? Why am I? So what happened is that about a week ago, I am I'm chilling, and by chilling I mean probably editing a video or something. And all of a sudden I get a notification on my phone that someone just sent me some money. And I'm like what is this? I just got this random $97 deposit in my bank account. And so I look and I'm like, there's David's name on the thing. And so I'm like, okay, David just sent me $97. This must be a mistake or something. It's probably not meant for me. Okay. First of all, how do you even have my banking information? I don't even know. But beyond (laughs) that, what, 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 what is this money? So I messaged him. I'm like, David, uh, I, I just got this this deposit. I, I don't think it's you. Yeah. Let me know what I should do. And he's like, Oh no, 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 that, that is for you. I, I did send you that. And I'm like, okay, I don't remember providing you a service or anything. I, I don't know what, what's going on here. And he's like, Oh no, you don't understand. This is my payment to you for you letting me be on your podcast so I can plug my shit. <laughs> and I'm I was like, wondering what the hell you were talking about. I'm like, David, this is, this is not, this is not how this, this works. 
what, what are you talking about? He's like, no, 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 <laughs> just take the money. Uh, you know, I, I won't take a refund. Like, th this is this is what's happening. And I try to talk him out of it, but at the same time, so <laughs> personal life stuff, right? I kind of, I okay, I needed the money at the time. And essentially that's because my own girlfriend will actually only let me chat with her through her OnlyFans. And <laughs> she'll only talk to me when I tip her. <laughs> so, so I'm leaking money right now. And... This was a, a welcome addition to uh, my, uh, my, my income that I had to spend to talk to my girlfriend. So I ended up taking the money <laughs> and I didn't want to give it back to him. I tried to talk him out of the podcast, but he was like, you know what? A deal's a deal. And I was like, I never agreed to this, but I guess we got to do this. So, so here we are. Remember, you get here the other are. half at the end of the podcast. <laughs> yeah, so, so this, that's the story. And uh, no, I'm kidding. But David is a great friend of mine. And uh, I, I love him very much. But anyways, one thing I wanted to dive into that you talked to me about yesterday, which uh, actually kind of shocked me because I didn't know that about you, is you said that you used to hate developing or at some point you fell mm -hmm. out of love with it. Tell me about yeah. that. Um, well, kind of like every other developer, I started in high school and I was interested and I was kind of just hacking and coding and, and doing some stuff. Um, and it turned into a passion because I started making fun websites, like little fan websites for like Dragon Ball Z and, and different <laughs> little fun, fun little websites. And uh, no, really, really. And uh, yeah, it was, it was a great time. And as I grew older, I did a little bit more complicated projects and, and I really was in love with it. Eventually, though, I had to find a job. Um, real life caught up to me and, and I uh, started doing software development for like apps, like iPhones and Androids. And the more I did it, the more I realized I started kind of uh, hating, hating the code. Like I just hated getting up in the morning, coding, developing, uh, figuring out frameworks, what I had to do for APIs, all the different like complicated little, little things that continuously updated and changed. Um, at one point, I wanted to quit and I was like, you know what, I'm going to open up a bakery or <laughs> something completely different, <laughs> something completely different. And I had my heart set to it. I was like, yeah, definitely. I'm going to do a bakery or, or something like that. And um, yeah, but I was upset because I'd already spent several years developing. Like I had already committed so much time and energy into coding. Um, and then now I'm back into it, but now I love it. Like I couldn't think of a day without it. Every day I code, I do some stuff. Um, I manage mostly nowadays. I manage more developers and develop myself, and it's probably safer that way. Um, but yeah, I just kind of fell in love with it because it changed into a passion. It, like I started doing it for something greater than me. It wasn't just uh, to make money and, and to, you know, have food and pay rent, but it was for the animals, which changed the entire perspective of my kind of my career. Yeah. How, how long have you been vegan, and at what point did you actually make that switch within your journey of being vegan? Um, I've been vegan probably for almost five years now. And, um, I had two roommates and they were vegans and they showed me, uh, this best speech ever on YouTube. And mm -hmm. from there I started watching some other speeches and some other, uh, resources. And I was like, yeah, I gotta be vegan. I gotta do this. Like, there's mm -hmm. no choice. I was I was kind of fucked in a way. I was like, ah, damn, like I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have watched these videos. <laughs> <laughs> damn, this, these moral obligations. God damn it. I was like, oh man, my life's about to get so much more complicated. <laughs> I hate this, man. 
Damn it. I, I hate doing um, the right thing. It's so inconvenient. So so nowadays I don't watch any docus about anything. <laughs> so, <laughs> I learned my lesson. <laughs> Moral of the story. <laughs> Moral of the story. Yeah, keep your eyes closed. No, but um, so I started uh, getting into veganism and I, I really loved it. And then I fell into activism by making the same mistake. I watched a documentary, uh, Dominion, and like same mistake. I was like, damn it, like <laughs> I shouldn't have watched that either. <laughs> so I was like, now I got to do more. Like now I can't just be vegan. I got to do more. Damn it. <laughs> um, from there, I was just like, okay, I'm, I've, I like this is some serious shit. Like I got to do something about it. Um, and I didn't know what to do. Right. Uh, so that kind of spurred into uh, I've only been an activist for about uh, almost two years now. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of like every vegan says this, like their biggest regret was not becoming an activist or speaking sooner or becoming a vegan sooner. And like, yeah. I regret that I was I wasn't an activist for four years or five mm-hmm. years. But um, yeah, so that's kind of how it started. Yeah, I mean, that's quite an accomplishment to go, you know, just in two years of being an activist, you've been able to connect with so many people that I know and you've really been able to take your skills and apply them in the movement in order to support the movement, people and organizations within the movement, which I think is extremely cool. And the reason I want to do this episode with you is not just because you graciously paid me, but it's also <laughs> because I know that there are a lot of people who have specialized skills and some of them might be web developers um, or software engineers, or they might be other things uh, like creative jobs, things like graphic designers or photographers or filmmakers. I'm a filmmaker myself. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it feels like, you know, maybe people don't know how to apply those to support the movement for all sorts of different reasons, whether it be personal insecurities or just right. not knowing where to, where to go. So how was it for you? Like, how did you approach this when you first had the idea, the seed was planted in your mind that you were like, okay, I should, I should, I have these skills. I should probably like use them yeah, <laughs> to yeah. now, uh, working with the save movements, animal rebellion, meet the victims and the, your most impressive feat, which is getting yourself featured on this podcast. This is definitely uh, the highlight of my career. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, there's there's so much, there's so many things that go in between that entire journey. But I could kind of get into the start of how that happened. Um, after I watched Dominion and I knew I, I needed to do something more, the first thing I thought about was um, just Google. Like I went on Google and I looked up how to be a vegan activist. And I think it's funny because I saw Earthling Ed's video, but I also found your video about how to get active. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. I don't know if I ever told you that, but yeah, you were one of the first people I saw. Wow, that's um, so cool. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I was on first page of Google. All right. <laughs> Whoa. Hey. Well, I should like bring that video back. I, I unlisted that video a bit, I guess. Did you? Should... Oh, no. Were Anyways. you not uh, proud of it? No, I, you know, I just, I'm trying to pivot my, my YouTube channel um, mm-hmm. into having more polished content that's more mini documentaries and video essays and stuff like that. Totally. Um, which is why I basically unlisted most of my videos. Which is probably I the same way. I, I, I look day, back at my old content and I'm like, okay, this is trash compared to what I'm doing now. And so yeah. I'm going to get rid of the old. Yeah, yeah. totally. Um, well, in any case, I did a Google. I searched how to be a vegan activist. Um, I found uh, videos and I, at that point... I didn't click on your videos. I, I saw them, but I didn't click on them. I was just <laughs> scrolling down. The, the thumbnail wasn't good enough, bro. 
But uh, <laughs> I was just scrolling down. <laughs> and uh, I ended up being at three different, like almost a third page of Google. I had like 20 tabs open of like from Mercy for Animals, from Anonymous or Voiceless. I had like all these different organizations, all these like blog posts about like five ways to get active. Um, and I was going through all of it and I kind of, I overwhelmed myself because there were so many different links and so many different organizations and so many different like organizations that had different positions for what they wanted. Right. Um, and they were all a little bit different. So I, I kind of actually felt pretty overwhelmed. Um, and at that point, it wasn't my intention, but that's how it spurred into me building the vegan hacktivists and doing these other projects. So what happened was like, we need a website that just has, has all of this in one that's easily digestible. That's not mm. like 20 tabs. So that's kind of how it came about. I, I created a veganactivism.org, shameless plug. And from there, uh, I had all of the organizations listed in an easy way. And it linked directly to their volunteer pages and stuff like that. Because I was having the hardest time figuring out how to volunteer. Was I supposed to click the contact us? Like, there were mm -hmm. so many different links there. Uh, so I created that project. Um, and that's kind of what spurred it, what spurred my like, okay, now I need to make another website because I, I'm finding this lacking or that lacking. Mm. Um, but after I'd created the first one, I had a ton of feedback because I was already active in the uh, Reddit community and uh, the vegan discord community. And uh, I had a ton of people saying, hey, can I translate this? Can I, can I add these other organizations? Can I help you with this or that? Um, and I was kind of overwhelmed. I was like, whoa, that's, that's like... 20 people reached out after the first day. Um, so I was quite overwhelmed with uh, how much support people wanted to give me. Mm. So I was like, sure, sure, let's let's do it together. And then it kind of, long story short, that warped into creating kind of like an organization where there's more structure and we started launching other projects. Right. I mean, that's a great first lesson. I think the thing that stands out to me is that you were trying to do something and you noticed that there was something that was lacking. That's... Yeah you wanted to figure out how to get active, but it was difficult for you to figure that out. So you thought to yourself, how can I put my skills to use to create a resource that would make this easy? And I think that's something that we can all learn from where it's, if ever you find yourself doing anything related to animal rights, veganism, whatever it is, and you notice that there's something that, hey, I wish this existed, then maybe maybe make it, <laughs> you know? Yeah, people yeah. message me sometimes, they're like, is there a resource for this? And I'm like, I don't, I, I, how am I supposed to know? I don't know. <laughs> and it's like, if it's not there, then go build it. And that's why I made a lot of my videos because I too, at a certain point, I thought to myself, man, I wish people were making these types of videos on Instagram. And for sure. I was like, maybe, maybe I should do it myself. I don't know, that seems like a, a reasonable idea. But anytime, just notice. And yeah. those are great ways to get started with projects and find ideas for things that you can do that will actually bring value to the community. Now, how did you go from for sure. that, from building projects to then branching out and working with others, whether it be within the hacktivists or other people like other activists and organizations? Um, well, it's kind of, I hate to say it, it's a little bit of luck, but the luck came from doing a lot of hard work. I think if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Um, yeah. So essentially we were creating more and more projects and uh, we were making a buzz and, and people were enjoying a lot of these cool little projects that we were making. Um, and it kind of goes with, it started with you actually, Reggie. Um, wow. I ended up at another one of your videos mm -hmm. and I was like, 
dude, this guy is going to blow up. Like, he's going to blow up. Like, look at his content. <laughs> this is crazy. Um, and I was like, this guy does not get enough views. I'm looking at your content. And, like, back then. And now you're just, like, ten times better. But enough of that. I <laughs> no, keep going with that. Like, no, I, I like, we, I like we, that train of thought. No, 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 no. <laughs> Let's just enough make the podcast that. about that. <laughs> <laughs> Forget what was what was this podcast about? Oh yeah, right. It was about me. Uh, what was the question? No, uh, but no, really. I thought I was like, no, this guy is gonna blow up. Like, we should support him. We should like help him build a website because, like, in my mind, like every activist should have a website, right? I was like, we need we need to help this guy out. Um, and I talked to my team at that point, and I was like, would you guys mind? Because I was kind of I hadn't asked him yet. I was like, would you guys mind making websites for other people? Like, not specifically for us, uh, but, like, would you mind supporting other activists? Mm -hmm. And everybody was like, oh, yeah, everybody was down. Everybody was totally happy to do that. So I remember uh, I reached out to you via Facebook, and uh, we lost that message. We can't find yeah. that. Okay, okay. So so here, here's the thing, right? When I was planning this episode with David, um, first of all, while we were negotiating... Um, like price. the price and every, all, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> 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 One thing I asked him is, I was like, hey, David, maybe as a useful resource, you could share examples of how you got in touch with people because that's something that I know that people struggle with. I struggle with that myself where I'm like, I want to work with people, but I don't know how to contact them and I'm scared and I'm insecure and I, I don't know how to phrase things and, and that kind of stuff. And even back then when you first contacted me, there have been people, you know, like you get emails from automatic messaging services and stuff like that and people <laughs> marketing teams and all that like would you like to would you like to like build your following would you like more organic followers <laughs> like hey Ryuji so and so agency here we love your work and we would love to bring you in as part of our influencer network or whatever for, like, for the people promoting. listening on the podcast he's eye rolling right. hardcore so you get you get that kind of message and most of them you just ignore because you know that they were randomly sent they don't even know what you do and they don't really care about who you do, so, like about what you do. And so oftentimes, you know, getting in touch with people and organizations, especially the more high profile they are, it can be difficult to get in touch with them. And it's not because they're better than other people. It's just because by the nature of being out there, they have people, more people getting in, trying to get in touch with them. And so, so you, you, you only have a limited bandwidth in order to uh, sift through all of that. And, David sent me a message, which somehow just, you know, and not, not that I'm like super high profile or anything. <laughs> this is when you say, of course you are, Ryuji. Anyways. Oh, oh yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Of course. Of course you are. There you go. So, <laughs> so <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. So, but anyways, he sent me this message that really got through to me and I wanted him to share it with you on here, but we looked for it and we couldn't find it. It was just it was just gone. So either the higher powers over at Facebook deleted it, or maybe I accidentally deleted it, or I don't know. Maybe it's like a jealous ex or something. Who knows? I don't know. You know, <laughs> like can't can't be You're talking like, to Ryuji. You know, so good. Yeah. So I don't I don't know what it was, but um, I don't know. D you David did kind of recreate the message and kind of like wrote something that he might write nowadays. So I, mean, I don't know. If, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So maybe we can still share that. And if it's I don't know if it's totally. useful, but. Yeah, I think it's useful. Actually, every every part of it, I uh, I have an explanation for like why I wrote that part. Sure. So I said, "Hey, Ryuji, my name is David. Nice to meet you." 
Um, and this was when I was reaching out to you uh, in the first place. So this wasn't like for anything specific other than the veganactivism.org website. Right. So I said, hey, I built the website uh, veganactivism.org. It's a site that offers potential activists a quick way to browse animal rights organizations that could use uh, their volunteer help. Um, so here, in just this one sentence, I'm just describing what the project is. But I only want to describe it in one sentence. If I can't mm-hmm. do it in more than one sentence, it's too complicated or mm-hmm. it's going to be too much uh, for people to understand. Um, so in just one sentence, that's that's what I, what I built. Um, second part was, I think this new resource would be really beneficial to your subscribers to help them find a quick way to get active without confusion and overwhelming mess to Google returns. Um, when you look for ways of volunteering movement. So in this section, I'm trying to basically say, like, why is this important to you? Like, what value does this bring to your people, your subscribers, your listeners? Mm -hmm. Um, Just to kind of let you know, it's like you're not just plugging my site. You're giving your followers and subscribers, like, a good resource for them, something that can actually help them and provide them something. Mm -hmm. Uh, then I said, I was wondering if you'd be interested in plugging the website in your future videos or perhaps even making uh, a new video talking about this resource. Attached is a zip file that includes more information about the site, our press release, and high-definition logos and banners. Um, so I think this is this is pretty obvious. This is where the request comes in. And then I try to make the request as easy as possible by including a file that includes all of the text, the logos, so you don't have to hunt around on the website trying to like save save images from the website to provide them in your video or in your posts. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the easier you make it, the better it is for someone. And uh, then the next part was, thanks for taking your time to read this. I really appreciate your activism. I loved your last video regarding how to deal with non-vegan friends and family. It helped me a lot. Now this this part, be careful of it. Be genuine about it. Um, like actually look at the content, look at look at the person you're contacting, see what their latest stuff is, and and if there's anything of value that you found that you appreciated, yeah, let them know. Um, I think it's a nice little touch to let them know that you were listening, you are watching, you are a fan. You're just not some. You're not just trying to be used or using someone, but you're you're an actual fan as well. Um, and then I said you can reach out here anytime if you have any questions. And thanks again. That's it. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that's really great. And from what I remember, that, that's pretty close to what you messaged me, probably. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, I hope this was helpful to you listening. And really the reason we wanted to share this is for those people who, if you have a skill and you think I can put this skill to use, you know, forget that he got in touch with me, like whatever. But like, well, the point here is that this would be a great kind of templates or thing to jump off of if you want to get in touch with someone where you're like, hey, maybe I could provide this service. And what Mm -hmm. I think you did so beautifully here, because every time that's one thing, one really important thing that I learned about how to communicate with others is when you are messaging someone, when you're reaching out to someone, you want to think about how is this going to sound from their perspective? And basically you want to make sure that there's something in it for them. Otherwise they're probably going to filter it out. I mean, in an ideal world, you know, we kind of all listen to each other, but this is kind of how, this kind of how the world is where it's like, you got to grab people's attention and you got to say something that's going to be beneficial to them. This message that David sent was actually really empathetic towards my needs and what I was trying to do and my goals. Um, 
because, you know, first of all, you know, he introduces himself very nicely, but also when he talks about his project, veganactivism.org, and he explains why this is a worthwhile project in terms of when you search on Google how to become an activist, well, it's very difficult to find a resource. I'm like, I know that because people ask me, well, I, I don't know if that's how you thought about it, but from my perspective, I'm like, yeah, that is true. People ask me all the time how to get involved and I just <laughs> wish I had something to send them. You know, I send them my video, but I'm like, you, people ask me all the time and I'm like, this, it should be easy to figure this out. And so yeah. he gave me this thing where I'm like, oh, great. Now, every time someone asks me this specific question, I can just send them this website and be like, hey, just check out this website. All the organizations are here. Click through, find your jam and get going. And I was like, that's awesome. So it really spoke to my needs and my goals, which is I want to do something for animals. And this was a resource that would help me help animals ultimately. And so the lesson here is you don't have to offer these specific things when you're reaching out to people to offer your skills or just asking to collaborate. But I would urge you to think about what is it that the other person or other organization might need and how can you provide that? And also, you know, say in a way where it's like, because when I read this message, it's like the first sentence, I already know what this message is about. Sometimes I got to tell you, like people message me on Instagram sometimes and they send me this novel, this really long message. <laughs> and I read like four lines of it and I still don't know what it's about. And it's not that I don't want to read it, but it's just like, you know, I, I, have, I have a lot you of work a to lot do. Of messages. I get a lot of messages. I got projects to work on, et cetera, et cetera. And it's difficult for me to justify spending the time trying to decode what this message is saying if it doesn't let me know straight away what it's about. So that's another thing that when you message people in general, um, and this really, really applies to everything, in my opinion, when you just talk to people, just let them know what they're going to get out of whatever you're communicating, which is why yeah. at the beginning of this podcast, hopefully I did a good job of setting up your expectations as to what you're going to get out of this podcast so you can make a real quick decision on whether or not you want to listen. If this is going to bring you value, then you listen and you know what it's going to bring you and hopefully it actually brings you that. And if not, you can just bounce. But I don't want to keep you around here and I don't want to have you need to listen to this episode for like 10 minutes before you're like, oh, this is what this episode is about. <laughs> like that would, be, that would be really awkward. Like hopefully you read the title and you're like, okay, this is what this episode is about. And if you think it's going to bring you value, then you listen to it. All right, so um, that's how that works. So as an example, when you think about some organizations that you reached out to, what were some things that you thought, like how did you figure out what they needed and what is kind of like the thing that you approached them with? If you can remember well, that. Yeah, it kind of it kind of goes back to your last question, which I didn't fully answer. But um, yeah, how did how did I get in touch and how did I approach him, or why did I even think that I wanted to? But um, I wanted to get like not only with the organization was I getting more active, but I also wanted to get active in other organizations. Um, and the longer you're in the vegan activism scene, the more you you know get exposed to the Save Movement and uh, mm -hmm. Anonymous for the Voiceless and all those big organizations. And I noticed with a lot of these organizations that they they either didn't have a website, for example, Meet the Victims didn't have a website, which I was like, that's crazy. Um, but other websites that I looked at were just not designed well. And maybe that's rude to say, but I just didn't really like the designs. They didn't seem modern. They didn't seem to the point. Um, and being that I've been a web designer all my life, um, I considered these websites kind of outdated. Um, You're like, they look like my so, Dragon Ball websites. What's going on yeah, here? Yeah, they look like my Dragon Ball websites. Oh my God. No, so yeah, you know, and so I reached out because I thought that maybe I could provide them something a little bit better and, and not just better, but a little bit more effective. It, it's one thing to make a website look appealing. It's another to make it more impactful and effective. Right. Uh, if people, 
have a good experience going on the website, they're able to find the resources that they need. This helps the organization, this helps the activists, helps the animals. Right. So, so how did you go about telling people that their stuff sucks without, <laughs> with, without offending them? <laughs> I'm curious to know about that. Um, instead, well, the thing is, instead of talking down about what their website looks like or what you think of their website, you do the message and you just say how great you think you can make the website, like how much awesome things you could do to help the website grow. Uh, right. So you approach it from a positive uh, right. Yeah, positive outlook. So, so, so the analogy sure. here is like, okay, so, so this is probably why like no one answers me on Tinder is because when I message people, I'm like, hey, your boyfriend <laughs> sucks. <laughs> like, your 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 social circle sucks. You need you need me in your life. Like, you're kind of outdated here. You look like some, you know, look at your boyfriend. His face looks like a, a like a like a dra- like a Dragon Ball website from like the early 2000s. <laughs> <laughs> and look at me. I, I'm like the embodiment, yeah, the physical embodiment of a, uh, of a uh, who, who, whoever. Like, what? Who, who are these people? Like a Saiyan? I, I haven't watched yeah, that yeah. in so long. I don't even know. <laughs> oh no. Yeah, that's a that's exactly how you should do it. Okay. I think you'll find a lot of success in your love life, in your activism life. Right. Just keep it up. This is a podcast about activism. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> No, but anyways, okay, so that's great. Now, one thing I hear people saying is they might feel inspired now because they're like, wow, in two years you took these skills. I have similar skills too. I know how to do things. I know how to design an awesome user interface. I know how to make a beautiful functional website. I I know Mm -hmm. how to do all these things. And the list of things that organizations and people need, I think, is extensive. Recently, um, you might have seen the latest campaign from Surge Activism where they targeted uh, St. Helens Goat Farm. And they had a link Incredible. where if you click if you click the link, it's created an email that you could send directly to all the people who needed to see that email. And I thought that was so cool. And I think to myself, for example, if I ever wanted to do a campaign like that, or if I'm an organization, I want to do a campaign like that, I'm like, I don't know how to do that. And if someone randomly approached me, be like, hey, I can build this thing for you that does this. I'd be like, that sounds really cool. I would love to do that. Like, you know, yeah. or it could be anything. Like, oh, like how to, how to put up a lead magnet on your website. I don't even know how to do that. And a lot of people might not necessarily know how to do that. So there are a lot of needs. That's very clear. And I think for a lot of people, it might be relatively easy to pick up on that and understand that. But then I hear people saying, David, okay, but like, you're lucky to be able to work with the safe movement, animal rebellion, meet the victims, et cetera, et cetera. But why would they choose to work with me? I mean, you know, they're big organizations. They already have full-fledged teams doing all of this. Um, yeah, what would you say to someone who thinks that? Well, what I would say is uh, don't think too highly of these organizations' uh, tech teams. Uh, <laughs> Assume they suck. <laughs> no, no, it's not even that they suck. No, no, a lot of times... I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, times, I'm kidding. A lot of times these organizations have awesome volunteers, but the problem is that they're volunteers. And in the volunteer world, um, especially in the vegan activism volunteer uh, world, there's a high turnover rate. Because a lot of these volunteers just watch all of the suffering, watch the videos, or, or and are constantly engrossed in it, that they have a high, uh, yeah, a high burnout rate. Uh, so they tend to come in, do a lot of work, get really passionate, and then leave. I mean, we can have a whole podcast about you know activist burnout and how to prevent it, uh, because I don't think our movement's doing really well at that. But uh, the fact is that that's kind of how it is. So these organizations tend to have a lot of volunteers, but they also tend to have a lot of volunteers that leave. Uh, shortly after. So it's mm-hmm. a constant influx of new volunteers and, and old volunteers, you know, getting out of it. Um, so, yeah, for example, um, 
like the save movement, they needed a new website. Um, and I was like, yeah, they probably have their own team. It's one of the largest, you know, one of the best uh, animal rights organizations out there. They definitely have like several teams. And if they don't have several teams, they definitely have several connections to find people to do it. Um, but it doesn't hurt to ask. And that's such a, it's such a thing that I live by. It doesn't hurt to ask. Like, I, I believe that every single day. I use that every single day. Uh, whenever I question myself, whenever I doubt myself, um, I always say, you know, it never hurts to ask. And the worst that can happen is someone can say no. Um, and so I simply just asked them, said, hey, I have a, a team of passionate volunteers that would love to help you for your website. Um, would you like some help? You know, in more or less words. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, they were they were happy to, to have us and we were happy to have them and we had a good relationship and we built something really cool and it was exciting. But had I been hesitant about it, had I just, you know, thought to myself, yeah, they're too big. They're not going to they're not going to be interested or they probably have someone already. I would have never had the pleasure of working with them. Yeah. And also, I think for a lot of people and organizations, they're happy to have someone help them with stuff or at least offer that's not a negative yeah. thing at all. Because one thing that I think sometimes yeah. is, I think to myself, man, if I email someone or if I message someone, I might be a burden to them. Like they probably don't want to yeah. hear from me. They probably won't see the message anyways and they probably don't want to hear from me. I'm probably just wasting their time anyways. And mm-hmm. if you're just messaging them to get something out of them, then you are wasting their time. Yeah. Then you kind but, of are, yeah. <laughs> but if you're, if you're genuinely offering something, a value that you think might contribute to them reaching their goals... Uh, you know, and this is very clear, like their own goals, like you got to figure out what are they trying to do. And if you offer something that can help them do that, then people are very happy to receive those types of messages. Because when David messaged me, I had, I had no idea who he was, but I was so happy to receive his message. And it's, it's honestly, it's not very often that, you know, and I can only speak for myself, right? And the only reason I talk about my experience is because I'm me. So I can, <laughs> I can relate my yeah, yeah. experience. I, I don't know what it's like for other people, but it's very rare that someone messages me to work on something and then we actually not only actually work on projects together, but then we actually build uh, a, a relationship or dare I say a friendship. I, I don't know if we're, st- I don't know if we're friends. That's uh, a little spicy. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't, I don't know if we're, I don't know if we're there yet, but you know, let, let's just say that we're we'll kind of like, we'll <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get there in a few, in a couple of decades, but for now, <laughs> at least we're on talking terms or acquaintances uh, you know, we send each other letters once in a while and that's pretty cool. And it's, it's really not often that that happens. And the thing is like, yeah, like I said, I really, I didn't know who you were when you messaged me, but just the yeah. way that you approached me with like, hey, this is something that could help you um, really helped you stand out amongst all the people who, uh, who messaged me. And ultimately that allowed us to build something where we can work together and make awesome stuff yeah. and help people and help animals and uh, it was really, really cool. So never hesitate, especially if you have those skills that you can offer. You know, and I'm yeah, saying this also for myself because I sometimes think to myself, well, maybe I could like offer to help this person or that person or that organization. And I'm like, ah, <laughs> they, they probably don't want my help. I'm probably not good enough. Uh, you'd be and, surprised. Um, yeah. Yeah, but it's uh, another thing to note is like if you don't feel like you you have a skill to contribute, you, you'd be surprised what kind of things you, you have that you can contribute that people really need. Like, even if you just know a second language, like, that's already a skill that the vegan hacktivists really needed. Uh, translations, you know, mm-hmm. if you find a resource and maybe, you know, Spanish or, or German or something like that, offer to translate for them, you know? Uh, you never know what you have to offer. 
to give a direct example of that, there are people who have messaged me uh, that said, hey, I want to translate some of your videos. And they did. Yeah. And some of my videos now have subtitles in Spanish and German, which is really That's awesome. Amazing. And they just reached out yeah. to me. They were like, hey, I would love to translate your videos. How do we do this? And that we, we just did it. I, and I was so happy yeah. to receive those messages. I was like, "That's that was really, really awesome. I guess really the point of all this is, you know, I really wish everyone to, when feel confident of their abilities and their skills to be able to contribute to the movements. Um, one of the most common things like, messages I get from people is people telling me, hey, I want to get involved, I want to do something, but I'm not sure what I can do. Or you know, they, they, just, they just don't know what to do. And the thing is, if you dig deep, well, first of all, if you have certain specialized skills, that's awesome. There's definitely a place for you to contribute. For sure, there is definitely, definitely, definitely a place for you to contribute. It's just a matter of you being confident enough in your own abilities and then being able to reach out to people who you might be able to support. And even if you can't, there are always ways that you can help. I mean, you know, like you can even just, if you have, if you think you have nothing to contribute, first of all, you could also just go ahead and learn a skill, which will be really re useful probably for your life in general. <laughs> I'm just guessing. Absolutely. But also you can... This video is sponsored by Skillshare. Yeah. <laughs> 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 That's where I thought you were going. <laughs> no, I wish. This video is actually sponsored by my patrons. So thank you to my... <laughs> I'm kidding. That's a totally honest... That's a totally good plug, actually, though. Yeah, this, this podcast is supported by the wonderful folks over at Patreon. So thank you to my supporters. Um, really grateful. But anyways, if you want to help, you can just message someone or an organization and say, hey, I, I, I want to help. What can I do? And... If, even if you can't help them, if you message enough people, like someone's going to direct you somewhere where you can do something. The point is you can always do something. There's always a way that you can help. And doing something is always going to be better than not doing anything. And you will learn from those experiences and they'll help you um, get started, I guess. Well, it's funny. What I did was I created an Instagram because that's basically where vegan activists uh, call their home. They're all on Instagram. Um, and I started following some of my favorite activists. I uh, started liking their messages, started leaving comments. Um, and I basically reached out, most, most of my contacts, I've reached out through Instagram. It's such a powerful tool. Mm. Um, slide into those DMs, baby. Slide into the DMs, man. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I'm just kind of talking to them through there and, and leaving like little comments and messages of support. And not even per se to connect with them, but just to get involved with the community. Yeah. The more you get involved, the more natural those connections kind of happen yep. in general. Uh, so, yeah, Instagram was one of my biggest mediums to doing that. And then once you meet people, those people introduce other people. Like I said, the community is, is such a loving and welcoming and open community yep. uh, that you just tend to make more friends. I think that's because vegans... vegans need more vegan friends, right? We feel yeah. alone if we're the only vegan. And I mean, that's actually so true because... I can, again, I can only speak for myself, but a lot of people have messaged me throughout the two, two and a half years that I've been on Instagram. Uh, yeah. I, I've gotten a lot of messages in those times. That being the case, there are certain people who have occasionally just messaged me over and over again. And it might be just to support what I'm doing. Say, I love what you're doing, or they share my, my, uh, my stuff and they tag me or whatever. And the thing is like, it's not that I play favorites with people in my community, but it's like at a certain point, I do actually notice them. I know yeah. who certain people are in my community just because they've interacted with me a set number of times. If you're always in my comment section, then I know who you are. There are people who always comment on my YouTube videos, for example, and I'm very grateful. And I'm like, I know who they are and they know who I am. And like, we have this thing because we always uh, communicate, you know, I, re I, I respond to them, we talk, I ask them questions, I get feedback, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah. 
it's not, I mean, I guess like the thing is like, you know, if you reach out to people just with the intent of adding value to them, under, like a lot of people, when they, produce, when they produce content, for example, a lot of people want people to share their content because they put yeah. a lot of time into the content. They're like, I want people to see this. It would be awesome if people could help me share this. So if you keep sharing someone's content, then they're going to notice that and they're going to be really appreciative much more than you might think. Even though they don't respond, they will be very, very appreciative. And the second point you make about people connecting you, that's also true because... Or, you know, it can be true at least. I remember, yeah. for example, that I've personally connected you with some people that I know as well. What, like, you know, whether or yeah. not those, like how that panned out, I, I don't know. But at least I know that now, for example, when I'm talking to someone or an organization and they talk to me about their needs that they have, they're like, oh, I have this problem with my websites. In my mind, I'm like, oh, well, I know this guy, David, who might be able to help you out. And if I think that yeah. it's a valuable project that's, uh, people will benefit from, the animals will benefit from, then I won't hesitate to connect David with that person, with that organization so that they can then work together and create this project. So just by being out there and having connections and just having people be aware of what you do uh, can also get you really, really far. Yeah, and then don't be afraid to, uh, like this This sounds like a lot of like online kind of activism, but don't be afraid to visit your local communities uh, your local chapters for these big animal rights organizations and make friends locally like that. Um, oftentimes it's your local animal rights organizations that need the most tech help in general. Yep. And that's how I, when I first started becoming an activist, that's how I discovered a lot of things. And the way that I see it is not so much at the beginning, it's not so much about finding opportunities for yourself. It's not really about that anyways. It's more, you know, this is more if you want to help the community, if you want to help animals in a meaningful way. Um, but at the beginning, I remember I went to a ton of local events and through those events, I met people and through those people, I was introduced to other events and other things that I, I, was, uh, I was able to do. For example, I went to VegFest. It was one of the first events I went to. And I met this person who introduced me to this person <laughs> who was in charge yeah. of organizing the local National Animal Rights Day event. And I talked to them and I said, hey, you know, I, I make videos. I'm a filmmaker. I can use a camera. I can do this kind of stuff. And they said, oh, that's <laughs> awesome. We need someone. To, we need people on the video team for our event. And I signed up as a volunteer and then I volunteered. And uh, the National Animal Rights Day in Los Angeles in 2018, I helped film it in Los Angeles. And through that, I met Taryn, who was part of my team, like that he was the lead of the video team then. And he, and he was so, he was so awesome because first of all, he, he actually gave me a mic and he lent me a camera for a long time because my camera broke at a certain point and he actually lent me a camera. I, I eventually bought it out from him, but he lent it to me for a really long time. So I'm so grateful for that. I'm actually still using it right now. The, the camera I'm using <laughs> to film myself right now is the, the camera that Taryn, that I bought from Taryn, who I met at this event. But what I was going to say is that what he did then is he noticed or through talking, he learned that I was half Japanese. And so he invited me to be a part of um, the Cove monitor team that goes monitor the dolphin, the dolphin hunts in Taiji, Japan every year. Mm -hmm. And so a few, a couple months after that, I was with him in Japan monitoring uh, the dolphin hunts. And that was a really awesome experience. I mean, it was, it was a really difficult Super experience, cool. but it was also a, a valuable experience. And I'm really glad I did that. Um, and it was all because I, I went to these local things and also the connections I made through that then helped me in other situations where, for example, I had to rescue an animal where there was an animal suffering in front of me. And I called people that I met through that event or through that project. So getting involved in your local community is going to be very valuable to you either way. And whatever skills you have, it's definitely a way that you can find 
people to eventually collaborate with and work with. I have a similar story, actually. Uh, at one point, somebody had emailed me about a project I made. It was uh, 5minutes5vegans.org. And this person told me how great of a project it was and how they kind of wanted to share it. Um, and it turned out it was James Hoot from Planet Vegan, um, who's like a good friend of mine now. Mm-hmm. And he, uh, I realized he was coming to Amsterdam. I saw on his social media, I followed him, and I saw on his social media that he was going to Amsterdam, where I'm currently living, uh, for a Cuba Truth for a week. And I was like, you know, I have an extra bedroom. Maybe I could save him some money because he was, I think, if I remember correctly, he was asking people, like, if anyone knew where he could stay in Amsterdam. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I barely know this guy, (laughs) but (laughs) I'm going to send a message to him and say, I want to stay at my house. I promise not to murder you. (laughs) And, uh... So, yeah, that's not so suspicious said, at all. That, that's what I look not for. Not suspicious. When not someone suspicious. messages me, that's what I look for. I just need that line that assures me that, like, you know, they're not going to murder me. <laughs> I told him I locked, uh, I locked all the better knives. It would be safe. Everything would be okay. And uh, he said, yeah, like, he would love to. Like I said, the vegan community is totally so open and welcoming. And, and I wanted to be a part of that. So I reached out to him, told him to come, you know, hang out over here. I'm right by the Cube of Truth. Um, have an extra bedroom for him. Uh, he said yes. And then he said, hey, I have an extra friend I want to introduce you to. And that friend was Seb Alex, which is also like a really good close friend of mine now. Um, And Seb Alex uh, told me about his friend. um, And now I'm forgetting her name. Oh, no. Oh, Leah Doolinger. And she's the founder of MTV. And through that, I figured out that she didn't have a website for Meet the Victims. And uh, Seb connected me to Leah, and then we created our first website. So that was our first website uh, for a different organization. But it went through three different levels for me to get there. And it wasn't intended at all. It was just a natural kind of an organic flow of of meeting people that introduced you to people that introduced you to people. Yeah. Um, So the more, yeah, the more welcoming you are, the more like, you you have no idea. Yeah. Because this James, this James Hoot guy, I had no idea who he was. I didn't know he was a filmmaker, but I truly appreciated it. I reached out and I followed him. Um, and only through that did I realize that I could offer him something. Yeah. Or that I could, you know, do something yeah, like that. Yeah, that's awesome. I, and I just want to, I do want to plug uh, Seb Alex right now, who's doing a fundraiser to yeah. help raise funds to uh, procure. What's the verb I'm looking for? I don't even know. To provide plant-based meals yeah. to the victims of the recent explosion in Beirut. And he's also using those funds to help the non-human animals who have been hurt. And he's urging people over there that if you see non-human animals who are hurt, bring them to a vet and he'll help cover that with uh, that fundraiser. So you can find that at seb.alex on Instagram. You probably know who Seb is if you are listening to this podcast. <laughs> Amazing guy. <laughs> I don't know. Amazing guy. He's, he's awesome. I, I really love him. But I do want to plug that. Um, go, go support that fundraiser or you know, go do something else to support the cause or go do something good in the world in general. But if you did want to help with this particular yeah, get tragedy, off your lazy bum. then, uh, then yeah, you know, make a website or something. Come on. Like we've been talking about this all <laughs> like, for this whole, this whole, this whole time, but, uh, check it out. Seb Alex on Instagram. The link is probably in his bio. If not, it's, it's, it's in one of his stories. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Is there anything on your mind? Something you want to tell people, something that you think might help people that we haven't talked about? Something that to help people. Oh, I don't know if I have that much to offer. I don't know. Um, yeah, just uh, if you're a developer looking to get involved, contact us if you're interested. But 
yeah, just start contacting other organizations and start doing your own thing. Uh, if you don't feel confident enough with uh, helping with other organizations, just start developing your own projects. You know, there's so many ideas out there that still need to be developed. Um, create your own stuff, which will give you some good experience. And you'd be surprised how welcoming the vegan community is and how welcoming the activist community is. Like everybody wants to help each other. Everybody wants to just spread the message and share and, and support each other. Uh, it's quite beautiful, actually. Well, that's a beautiful message, David. And uh, <laughs> on that note, I, I think the time is up for what you paid me. So I think we're going to leave it at that. Yeah, yeah. But uh, <laughs> well, you, you, haven't, you haven't done enough plugs. I paid you 95 for like a few extra plugs. Yeah. <laughs> so check out David at theveganhacktivist.org. Uh, that's where you yeah. can find him. And uh, at Vegan Hacktivist, I believe, everywhere, right? Is that, is that, am I reading the notes yeah. correctly, David? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to approve, approved questions. Awesome. So thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for listening. I hope this brought you some value. And uh, yeah, until next time, let's keep defending animals. Thank you for tuning into the Animal Advocate Podcast. I really appreciate you. Now, if you want to check out some of David's work, I left links down in the show notes, so that's where you can check that out. Otherwise, if you'd like to support this podcast and help me make more content, you can do so over at Patreon at patreon.com forward slash peace by vegan. Otherwise, you can also rate the podcast, leave a review that's immensely helpful. And if you want to give me some feedback or suggest topics for future episodes, then hit me up at peacebyvegan at gmail.com. Apart from that, thank you again. I love you. And I'll say it again. Let's keep defending animals.